Do you want to have a quickie? Welcome to Quickie with Sean, the weekly roundup of the weekend's actions. Apology for the delays on the release. Uh, it's just started back school this week, so been a bit snowed under with work. Uh, so, jump right into it. On Sunday, Celtic travelled to the Thruffair central spot of Scotland when they visited St Johnson in Perth. Before the game, the boys were buoyed by six consecutive clean sheets, while the Saints had just beaten Motherwell away to end a run of seven consecutive defeats. Celtic were restored to their consensus on-form strongest lineup, with Maeda and Moy coming back in after being rested for the 3-0 midweek defeat of Livingston at Celtic Park. The game was played on an absolute potato field, but Celtic managed to show some moments of total class in the first half, with Kyogo and Moyes standing out in particular. The first goal was a hacked clearance of an own goal from Andrew Considine, but the build-up play by Kyogo and Moy was frankly sensational, and well worth the admission price of any game at any time in any country. The second goal was a great touch and finish from Kyogo, after Jota sent a deflected low cross in from the right wing. St Johnson pulled a goal back and ended Celtic's run of clean sheets with their first shot of the game, when Dre Wright rifled a viciously swerving effort in from about 25 yards, which gave Joe Hart no chance in goal. Hitati was culpable for getting caught in possession and what was a day to forget for the star midfielder, while Starfelt was also criticised somewhat unfairly for not closing down the winger. Fortunately, Celtic turned on the style again, with Jota dinking a ball over the top to Aaron Moy, who took a great touch and similarly dinked it over the on-rushing goalkeeper to restore Celtic's two-goal advantage. The second half was something of a non-event by comparison, as the potatoes were harvested and players protected their ankles. But substitutes O, Haxabanovich and Turnbull all impressed in their limited-time cameos. The 23-year-old Scottish former Young Player of the Year added a gloss to the scoreline when he fired in low from a laid-off free kick, after Considine saw red for pulling back the goal-bound O in injury time. If it weren't for a few spectacular goals in the first half, the highlight of the game would have been either the St Johnson players doing rock-paper-scissors for taking a free kick, or the incredibly awkward post-match BBC interview with Man of the Match Adam Moy. To date, the quickie has not had an audio clip to avoid potential copyright infringement, but I'm going to run the risk for 10 seconds of this special, special exchange, which you should seek out in full. What does he ask of you in particular in the role you have? There's lots of details that go into that. Um, We've got all day, come on. <laughs> just positionally and stuff, movements, um, yeah, def- de- defensively, uh, when we have the ball, we don't have the ball. There's lots of things. With the Australian now seemingly undroppable, along with Callum McGregor, there will be much debate about whether Rio Hitati should be dropped for the forthcoming home cup game against St Mirren and whether he should be replaced by Matt O'Reilly or David Turnbull. O'Reilly got another assist and remains top of the Premiership in this stat, while Turnbull scored a second goal from just 69 minutes of game time across the last four matches. Hitati's day could be summed up by the look on his face when he was turned by St Johnson midfielder Phillips 10 minutes into the second half, shortly before his number was called. Still, this result represents an unbelievable 26th win from 28 domestic games this season and maintains a 9-point advantage at the top of the table, 
while also increasing the goal difference gap to 25 goals, with a plus 60 differential overall. Celtic are on track to eclipse the record for most goals scored in a league campaign set by the Invincibles, who scored 106 goals in 2016-17. Ange's boys are currently on 78 league goals and projected to finish on 118 if they can maintain their current average of 3.12 goals per game over the remaining 13 games. The dark side of Glasgow had the advantage of playing first once again on a matchday weekend when they hosted Ross County at Mordor on Saturday afternoon. It was a bit of a different prospect for Sevco after the Edinburgh Cousins had inexplicably played three wingers in central midfield in the midweek game as part of their ritualistic prostration. There wasn't too much to talk about from this game as Connor Golden's hands avoided the highlight reel, Sevco somehow didn't get a penalty, and Michael Beale managed to do a media interview without generating a headline about Celtic. There was an apparent handball in the build-up to the Sevco opening goal in first-half injury time, but too much play had passed for it to be caught in the Masonic VAR review. Jordan White had blue bombs aflutter when he equalised after 65 minutes, but Sevco fluked a winning goal and three points thanks to a deflected Barisic free kick. Just down the road in Paisley, Hibs visited New St Mirren Park and took all three points back to Edinburgh to leapfrog the Buddies who had been occupying fourth place in the league before kickoff. The result ended a streak of 12 undefeated home games for St Mirren, a run which included a win against the champions and a draw with Sevco. Hibs manager Lee Johnson described his side as playing with one brain, but it didn't look like much of a brain when Aidan McGeady put a chance on a plate for St Mirren striker Curtis Main who was wasteful with the surprise opportunity that would have given the hosts the lead. The only goal of the game arrived in the 77th minute when winger Eli Yuan finished from 18 yards with a rather unorthodox upright style of finish that flat-footed the goalkeeper and went in off the post. Ex-Celt Ewan Henderson got the assist for the goal in a game which featured five ex-Celtic players in total. On the back of the Paisley upset, Livingston beat struggling Kilmarnock 3-1 at Almondville to slide back into the final automatic European League spot. David Martindale's Lions absolutely rattled Kilmarnock in the first half, going in 3-0 up at the break with goals from Joel Nubley, Bruce Anderson and the pick of the bunch from Stephen Kelly, who side-footed with pace into the top corner. In the post-match interview, Livingston's most famous drug dealer sycophantically cozied up to the opposition manager, and fellow Hun, Derek McInnes, by making excuses for him and repeatedly referring to him as Dell. If Shopping Centre FC do happen to qualify for European competition, then Martindale will be desperately hoping that they get drawn to Wales or Northern Ireland so that he doesn't have to breach any probation orders by travelling overseas. Headline-dominating Aberdeen got their second win in 12 games as they beat January's whipping boys Motherwell 3-1 in the Granite City. The result probably won't do much convincing of the football monitoring board in Aberdeen that Barry Robson is the right man for the job, given that the Steelmen's only win since October was against part-time Arbroath. Just to repeat, only win since October. The game featured this week's handball nonsense highlight, with Motherwell being granted a very questionable penalty, which served only as a consolation goal against a fired-up Dons team. 
Motherwell manager Jamie Hamill continues in job thanks to his status as a club legend and the inability of any clubs around him in the table to put a consistent run together. Just a reminder that the men in Clara and Amber represented Scotland in Europe this season despite only having won an astonishingly poor 11 games in the last calendar year. Aberdeen now have two weeks without a game to appoint a new permanent manager to face Celtic in Glasgow. In the nation's capital, third-placed Edinburgh Rangers hosted bottom-of-the-table Dundee Hibernian. The head-smashing, leg-breaking Stephen Fletcher gave the Tangerines an early lead before Ryan Edwards received a straight red for a high follow-through tackle, which seems to be quite in vogue at the moment. Despite it nearly being an identical tackle on Abada last week, which didn't even draw a foul. The Jam Tarts took advantage of this in the second half when goals from Shankland and Cochrane gave them a 2 1 lead. There were a few notable moments in injury time when Josh Ginelli received back to back yellow cards from Sevco employee Nick Walsh in a matter of seconds for unsportsmanlike conduct and descent to even up the playing numbers. Then Stephen Humphreys wrapped up the goal of the season contest early as he lobbed the Dundee United goalkeeper from his own half before heading home for a Chinese takeaway in a bath. In the English version of the Scottish Premiership, London-based Chelsea FC showed that reckless accountancy and megalomaniac owners can't buy you goals as they drew a blank in a now-now stalemate with fellow Londoners Fulham FC after spending £330 million in January to sign players, including £88 million on winger Mikhail Mudrik, who scored twice against Celtic in the Champions League this season for Shakhtar Donetsk. London Rangers have taken their spending in the last eight months over £600 million now as they piss all over financial fair play and make Roman Abramovich look like Ebenezer Scrooge. In other morally vacuous news, Manchester United won 2-1 at home as they tried to refocus on football while deciding what to do with the deplorable rapist Mason Greenwood after his court proceedings were dropped. The whole world is waiting for the Manchester club to show their blackened soul or for them to get rid of the England international and see which club is willing to commit ethical suicide in the pursuit of sporting glory. That's all this week from the Quickie. Please leave any comments below and I'll see you next week. Do you want to have a Quickie?